Is everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5-1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. It is The Big Show, 97.5-1280 The Zone. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott. We're going to kick off the college football roundtable coming up here momentarily, but we want to take just a moment, Gordon, to welcome a new title sponsor to The Big Show. That would be Mountain America Credit Union. Get 0% interest on all purchases through May uh, of 2020 with the new Mountain America Credit Card. For details, visit macu.com or call 1-800-748-4302. And we want to say a warm welcome aboard to our good friends there at Mountain America. Yeah, go check them out. Look, when, when people need a, a place to maybe get a loan, you know, you got to have some place you can go to trust. And they'll take great care of you. Sure. Absolutely. So uh, big thanks to them for being the title sponsor of the show. All right. College football roundtable kicks off now. I've got the world-famous Tony Parks to my left. Hello, Tony. Good to see you, man. Good to see you as well. How are you doing? I am terrific. You and I have not been on the air together in a while. It's been a minute. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a a minute, so it's good to see you. Weird. I feel on my toes. I feel like (laughs) you're about ready to have a cheap shot at any moment. Well, ask ask Gordon. (laughs) I still uh, take cheap shots at you often, even though we're not uh, on the air together. So so I've heard. Earlier today, he defended you and and cut you to the quick uh, all in about one paragraph. Yeah. I did. That sounds about he's, right. He's used to it. It's fine. Tony, like, Tony bu- knows where we stand. It's it all like good. builds up as this compliment. I'm like, oh, thanks, man. And then, <laughs> bam! Right there. Well, That's Tony, you've got, uh, you've got a big ego. We can't let it get <laughs> yeah. even more out of hand than it already is. Uh, oh. David James is currently uh, wolfing down a slider. He'll uh-huh. be over here momentarily. Scott Gerard here as well. Hans Olsen uh, back at our carrier studios at Vivint Smart Home Arena will uh, we'll pipe in. Uh, Scotty, hello. Thank you for coming down. We appreciate it. Um, I'm a little upset that there was, like, I missed one show last year. One time done these for decades now and dj's like he's not coming he's not gonna come one time one time i missed and dj's like dj's out there making bets with lloyd that i wouldn't be here tonight making bets with me oh making bet you made a bet with lloyd today dj that scotty wouldn't make it down i was i was going to uh but i was told no he'll be there because he remembers that you called him out last year and he's not going to let you hit him upside the head good i missed i missed one time Mm -hmm. one time and i called it i know Spot on. Yeah, but you can't go around being like you made it seem like it's like an every year thing. It's just one time. I only said it was one time. Oh. I just say it's every All year. Right. It's not my fault. You have a guilty conscience. Here, let's fix your mic there. There we go. In his defense, look, it broke. Wow, what's going on with our headsets? Well, it's a lot like the air conditioning in the studio, which, <laughs> which seems to work perfect. The air conditioning is working fine. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's overworking. It in was fact. fifty-eight so. degrees this morning. <laughs> Sounds like it's working working fine. You know, DJ in the middle of August doing a show in his parka. Uh, It's quite the sight. I've thought about coming in with the overcoat, the gloves, and the uh, ski cap. We should take a picture just to prove a point. It doesn't matter. No, it probably doesn't. Uh, I I heard who we've been complaining about that, too, just says, okay, I'm going to do something about it, and then it just stops there. That's why it's 58 degrees. Is that Lloyd? (laughs) No, 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 it's not. Oh, yeah. It didn't get fixed. So, guys. We, we already know that. Hans is back in the studio. Hans is there? Yeah, he's with us. I'm here. Out of sight, hey, out of mind. 
And, and no, no, not out of mind at all. In fact, I want to start this whole proceeding essentially by asking you sort of an overarching question: okay. Who gets hands at sliders? No. <laughs> uh, I do. I Hans, Hans would be having a good time down here if he were here right now. Yes, but Hans, when you think of the BYU Utah game, this specific one coming up on Thursday night. What is your comprehensive look at uh, what you're expecting to see? This will be the best Trent's matchup on one side of the ball. Well, either side of the ball. It's the BYU offense versus the Utah defense. It'll be the best trench matchup, I think, in the history of the rivalry. The history of the rivalry? And the history of the rivalry. Because I think you've got probably four... NFL players on the defensive side and probably a minimum of two, but maybe even three NFL players on the offensive side. I I think James Impey will be drafted. Tristan Hodge could slip into the draft. And I think eventually Brady Christensen's going to be a draft pick. So that's a lot. I mean, that's seven draftable linemen that are going to be playing across from each other. And that's a lot of fun for me. I know that's boring for you and it's probably a it's boring, not not for you guys specifically, but to you, the listener. Probably boring to the listener to a certain extent, but it's a lot of fun to watch stuff like that. And it, it is going to be I, – I, this is a game I wish I could play in. I wish I could play against this BYU front, or I wish I could play against this Utah defensive front because it's – it's energy, athleticism, and talent elevated. You just won't see this type of matchup much in, in uh, college football this year. I don't think that could be boring for anyone. I agree with you 100%, Hans. That is exciting to think about that quality of player going up one against another and as a group against the other group. I think even casual fans are into that. Uh, They should be because it's going to have such a huge effect on the game. Speak for yourself. I was going to tell Austin to cue the elevator music right there. (laughs) Oh, come on. I'm I'm with you. I'm shallow as the day is long. And there is a potential – how many defensive backs for Utah who are going to the NFL yes. against this BYU of their best quarterback in eight years or in 15 years or in 20 years? Do they have an NFL guy? And when he starts flinging it, are we going to see three picks? Are we going to see three touchdown passes? Or is this going to be Arizona-Hawaii and we're going to see five of each? I love that they're playing the elevator on DJ's, on DJ's backfield. Yeah, breakdown. I'm talking quarterbacks and touchdown passes. <laughs> flinging it. Elevator oh, this music. feels so good. All right, man. that's it. Fine. Let's get to the soccer pregame show. <laughs> Next up, RSL. I want to talk boring. Well, what are you, what are you looking at? I didn't mean that. I didn't mean that. See, that's what I meant when I made the joke. And then you, you come in like Tony Siragusa. I'm Rich Gannon laying on the ground, yeah. and my shoulders in tatters. Oh, that's well, too I didn't good. Mean your show in particular. No, <laughs> you did. You did. You meant to hurt me. You meant to hurt me. Remember when you were the leader of the team before you seceded from the Union and started the Civil War? Oh wow. 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 There it is. That's messed up. I know. Hey, Scotty, real quick, ask DJ. <laughs> Ask DJ if Carly, Sa- if Carly, Carly, Sa- Car- Carly, Carly Lloyd Simon. is going to make the NFL. No. Next. Yeah. Moving on. All your all your kicking questions. Yeah, that's uh, a big no right there. Uh, Tony, let's go to you. What do you want to learn from this game? Well, Carly Simon. <laughs> uh, no it's Friday. Friday. No, 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 get up on Friday. Carly Simon. Oh. Check, check, check Friday hands. Yeah, check, that's check that's check not even Carly Simon. Yeah, it is. Oh man, that's uh, who is that? That's Rebecca up. Black, I think. Oh. 
Yeah. Well, who's Carly oh, Simon? Cover. Carly. You know, call me maybe, right, Hans? <laughs> hey, oh, Hans. Hans nice. Hans, yeah. do yourself a favor. Look up the album cover for No Secrets. Okay. Carly, Carly Simon. I'm doing right. that as we speak. Uh, the game's 27 to 7, or 20 to nothing even at one point. Zach Wilson's making all sorts of great plays. BYU feels like they were able to, you know, outperform, out-execute, do everything really well, and that all they have to do is sustain that for an entire four quarters. On the other side, Julian Blackman said, no, that was our problem. As soon as we just started executing and staying with the game plan, we shut him down completely, that being Zach Wilson. So I'm curious to see just how good Zach can be in this game, in this edition. Because I think he's going to have a great career, and I think a lot of great things of him going forward. Week one, coming off the shoulder, this is an extremely dynamic defense. Um, When we talk about talent gap, and I do believe there is one between the two teams, I don't think it's a Grand Canyon, but it's noticeable. One thing that can really overcome that is quarterback play. And I'm wondering just how good Zach Wilson can be. How much if, okay, so, and I know this is a real generic question here, but if both teams play well, nobody shoots themselves in the foot, no mistakes, how much better is Utah than BYU? Because I agree, yeah. talent's better on Utah. And so if both teams play equal, mm-hmm. how much better is Utah? Ten points? Seven to ten, points? yeah. Seven to, yeah. I'd say that. Well, how I, much are we buying Utah, though? Because if Lee Corso says that they're yeah. a championship that, team. That's what I'm saying. That's the question. If this is a... If this is a football playoff championship, Rose Bowl winning, Pac-12 champion, if, then they should be a whole lot more than 7 to 10 right. points better than BYU. But, but if, they're, if they're all that and they're 10 points better, then BYU's lined up for 8 and 4, and it's probably going to take down some combination yep. of USC, Tennessee, Boise State, whoever, going down the line, Utah State, Washington. So my, I guess my thing to Jake is – if Utah plays well, well, let's go position group by position group because I think the D-line and the D-backs will play well. But the linebackers, the wide receivers, how good are they? If the wide receivers aren't good and can't make plays, then BYU can put an extra man in the box to jam up the run game and not get hurt. So are the wide receivers going to make big plays? Well, we know Britton Covey is a quality receiver, so we know he can answer that question if he's healthy. It but it, but like he's he not that deep threat that gets the player out of the box, though. No, but he's still a, a op- threat. Op- ask, op- ask Oregon about it, what no, he can I, do. I got you. Yeah. But opening play of the bowl game, Jalen Dixon is on a post, wide open, and they don't score. And that had when the ball was in the air, that had six written all over it. But he, it wasn't on target. He didn't catch it, and there you go. So are they going to execute now? Because if you're all geared up to stop Moss, assuming that old line is really good – and that's there, you got to make the play when it's there. The one part of this game that I don't think is being talked about as much is Riley Jensen, I think, nailed this. He said uh, in these week one situations, a lot of times, especially in a rivalry, it can be ugly. We saw it with Miami and Florida. That was incredibly ugly, right? The team that's built best to win ugly usually wins that, and I think that's Utah. And one way I also think that this becomes interesting, Tyler Huntley has become a better passer, and I think those four games before he was injured, he was outstanding. I still see a lot of situations where they can go 11 on 11, and he can take off on a couple of occasions and pick up some chunk yardage here and there, extend a drive, extend a series, whatever it might be, and make an enormous difference in that way. There's another component to this, though, Tony, and it gets back to your question, Scotty. Essentially, how much will emotion come into play in this game as opposed to pure talent? 
Yeah. You know, because all this stuff was true last year. BYU goes up to Rice-Eccles, and, yeah, we saw what happened in the fourth quarter. But Jake and I were re-watching that game during our show yesterday. <laughs> I mean, BYU was handing it to Utah, and I'm not sure it was based on talent. Well, and that's why, and you know, and Hans is, you know, Hans is still there, and Hans did a tremendous job on the film breakdown going quarter by quarter. And, and Hans, I mean, how many times did you walk into studio after a breakdown of the first or second quarter and say, I don't know how BYU lost that game? Yeah, even third quarter. <laughs> you get into four, four or five minutes into the third quarter just before Blackman picks that ball. And then even uh, series, well, it's the two series after that pick, BYU goes down and scores again. And a lot of it was off of uh, a lot of it was off Hadley's running before Hadley got injured the first play of the fourth quarter. There were so many moments in that game where they owned it. They were cutting the angles on the defensive line, and they were breaking arm tackles from linebackers. And you know the other thing is, DJ, I heard you kind of talking about the the backers and mm-hmm. and the defensive backfield. When you go back and you watch that 2018 game, your your heroes for Utah were Armand Shine, who who isn't back. Jason Shelley turned it on in the fourth quarter. He was terrible until the fourth quarter, but turned it on in the fourth quarter. Your defensive heroes were Chase Hansen, Cody Barton, Corian Ballard. Uh, Lecky Fotu didn't he 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 did he turned it on a little bit in the fourth quarter. Bradley and I wasn't a huge determiner. He did have a couple of tackles there early in the first quarter. They were trying to run zone and they were leaving him unblocked on the backside, which was a terrible idea when you've got an inexperienced back that's stuttering and stalling on the give. It, Bradley was getting there on tackles early, but then they shored that up about middle of the second quarter. But you, a lot of your big heroes from last year, they're gone. And like Scotty said, the first three quarters, it would have looked like BYU was a 14, maybe 17-point better team. Okay, but right now all the listeners who are Ute fans are screaming, you homers, it was the week after they clinched the Pac-12 South and the week before the Pac-12 title game. Of course, they came out flat early in the game until they felt challenged, and then they turned it on. Now it's the offseason. Every bit of film you watched – Kyle has watched, and he's made all the players watch. You know he spent six months challenging him, getting ready for this game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he'll have him mentally, he should have him mentally and emotionally ready. And I have to expect that they're going to be geared up and more focused than they were last year. That had to have been a real wake-up call. And I also think that a lot of those, you know, rivalry in the state, friendship, family, kind of bordered relationships have been stirred up with yeah, just some, and it, it wasn't. It's not like it was vicious exchange back and forth. But BYU during media day saying what they said, and Utah players saying what they've been saying, and and you can hear some of those things in, in the interviews I've done up there at camp, or PK's done up there at camp, and you know the, these Utah players aren't afraid to say it. It's it's like it's been sparked. These guys aren't afraid to talk. The other guys aren't afraid to talk, and it it feels like DJ. It feels like it's going to be a more focused level of rivalry game this year. So let me ask you guys this question then. How, how great is the talent disparity? If the emotion stuff is and the focus is all equal, how big is the difference between these two teams, especially the front-line guys? Well, there's, the, a, the couple, yeah, there, there's a couple ways to get that. And, and, you know, you could count up 
certain pros on each team, potential pros on each team, mm-hmm. add in potential underclassmen who will be pros you know, two or three years from now. You could compare all that, but you're only as strong as your weakest link. So instead of looking at the best players, where's the weakest link? You know, if, if ten guys do their job and a corner gets beat, it's, it's over the top. It's a touchdown. Well, we saw the, the difference, I think, in what Gordon's talking about in the depth last year, right, where, where BYU ran out of players. Yeah. I mean, that, you know, we, we talked about how Utah can look at this. BYU can look at it like, hey, we were right there. We were right there. We had that game one. If, uh, if we had just a little more depth, a couple more bodies, then, then it could have gone a different way. And in answering your question, Gordon, that's where the, the gap is, in my opinion. Not that, I mean, you can make an argument about the top-end guys on either team, mm-hmm. and, and Utah's got a lot of great top-end guys. But Utah's got guys coming in for those guys, whereas BYU, I think we saw last year, that when Hadley, for example, we mentioned him running all over uh, everybody, when he went out, there was a huge difference, right? Or, or Kafusi or whatever. But do they have that depth at line? and do they have that depth at receiver? No. 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 Not I right now. Not that we know, right? Maybe somebody right. will emerge, but not, not no. that we know right now. No, I, 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 think oh, we know, I think we know enough on that depth to say that, that, that they just don't have that depth. And I would say at the defensive line, Scotty and I were doing our over and under season predictions for BYU, Utah, and Utah State. Scotty was looking it up, and your highest sack returner is Kairos Tonga with two sacks. That's your. That's your. That's the mm-hmm. the the guy that had the most sacks last year. Is that right, Scotty? Was yeah. Kyrus Tonga at two? And and, and, a, and a guy that isn't really expected to get any sacks too. And Kyrus Tonga. But <laughs> yeah, that, that's your leading sack guy too. Whereas on the flip side, you know, when we looked at our top sixty and sixty, and and it's funny we didn't even realize it when we put it together, but I went back and looked. Seven out of the sixty players are Utah defensive linemen. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. So, you know, you got, you know, 11, 12% of your top 60 and 60 are on that Utah defensive line. And, to you know, back to Hans' point about offensive line versus defensive line, I like BYU's offensive line, but Utah can go essentially hockey changes yeah. and, 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 and yeah, line could. changes and just throw a new wave at those guys. And, this, yeah. and that, gets brutal in, that gets brutal in the fourth quarter. I've played against teams that did that to me, and, and it's miserable when you've got – Two defensive tackles that can line up on a on an angle, at a, on a center, and you rotate those guys out. I'm not I'm not kidding. You go two series of eight to ten plays, then you rotate in, and you see a new face that's just as good on another eight to ten play series. It, yeah. And they're fresh. It's brutal, and that happens in the fourth quarter. And Utah can rotate in Pututau. Uh, they can bring in Massatuapai if if uh, if Longi has been starting. Like it's whoever you can just keep rotating guys and fresh faces and fresh names, and it gets brutal. Come you know eight minutes left in the fourth quarter. Now the gap. Yeah, I think you're right when you talk about that. The wear and tear over the course of a game, and, and that's great insight on when a team is able to have those fresh bodies. Gordon, to answer your question, the gap is big enough that eight in a row will show you something, right? And the gap is also not so incredibly big, meaning that it's small enough that BYU is absolutely capable of winning this game and has been absolutely capable of beating this team in the past. The, the unless, other thing that, unless the, other thing that describes the U receivers step up. The gap. The other thing that describes the gap is the fact that Utah can play that poorly in five of these eight victories and win. <laughs> They've played, I mean, they've had a six-turnover game. They've been without their starting quarterback two different times, starting running back two different times. It was like a 1,500-yard running back. They've been without key defensive players. They've had games where there's nothing for them to gain. They've spotted them 20 points. I mean, they, they've had all of these poor performances 
and still gotten out of there with the That's win. what and I was it, thinking yeah. of when when Hans was talking about the guys that the Utes have lost, and I think you alluded to it, Scotty, that they're plugging in guys who are better than the guys that they, they lost. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's funny, Kyle, on the press conference, talked about the uh, Miami-Florida uh, game. It's like, I can't – or no, the uh, Hawaii-Arizona game. is like, I, I can't remember a team turning the ball over six times and winning. And I'm like, <laughs> Call on me, like, coach. I was like, Wait, what? Uh, you don't, you don't, you don't But he did that? rally because then he goes, well, you know, maybe 2% of the time. <laughs> like, All right. He just remembered he doesn't want to follow up. Right. <laughs> DJ, back to your point about this when you say unless the receiver's this. or Because right? it's eight in a row without the receivers having big games. It's a great what point. What if Nakua, who's now a junior, it's really clicking sure. in? He, he, he had, what, five point? touchdowns last year. He was scoring every yeah. other game. What if Jalen Dixon, who is a sophomore, catches that ball over the top that he didn't get to, or it's thrown better and it's more on target, and they make that big play that started the bowl game and started the BYU game? We haven't seen a game where Utah threw for, oh, yeah. I don't know, 275 yards. When We know this. When Utah flexes their muscles and BYU has a bad game, it's 54 to 10. You know, when when, BYU, when Utah has an atrocious game, they squeak out of their 20 to uh, 24-21 or whatever, where their longest offensive right. touchdown drive was 39 yards. Uh, but th- they've found ways to do that. So what if you're a Ute fan, you've got to be like, can our team just go out there, play a really solid game, and win by and 20? And win 28-17. Yeah. Where you're in but, control you know, the, the whole way. The other thing is that this rivalry has been really lopsided before. This isn't the only decade where it's been out of whack. For like 30 or 40 years before World War II and after it, it was all Utah, and they never won more than nine in a row. And they were way in front of the Y. And then the Lavelle Edwards era, they have these 20 peak years, and the Utes are mixing in some three-win seasons in there. And BYU never wins more than nine in a row. Nine games is longest win streak by both schools in this series. The Utes are at eight in a row. At some point, isn't this going to get messed up? And Utah's better, but that doesn't mean you win them all. Yep. It didn't mean you win them all in the 70s and 80s. It didn't mean you win them all in the 40s and 50s. Mm-hmm. Hey, so it's I, gonna, at some point, BYU's going to win a game here. In, in an attempt to try, to try to identify more, identify the gap that Gordon asked, um, how do you guys think BYU is going to do against Boise State, San Diego State, and Utah State? What I guess my question is, the three could, could, could they win the Mountain West Conference? Because if, if they're Mountain West Conference champs and and Utah is is a Pac-12 champ, you know, there's there's still a gap there, but but how much of a gap? And then, mm-hmm. you know, I always ask the question of, well, how are these group of five teams supposed to compete with these $35 million checks that are being cut? And then we watch Hawaii beat Arizona. And it's like, oh, well, that's out the door yeah. because these group of five teams are still fighting, getting recruits, coaching well, and they're catching teams in certain matchups and they're winning. There is a gap. Guys, there's a gap. And, you know, there's an eight-game win streak gap. But I don't know exactly how big it is. Well, I go back to that uh, Vegas Bowl when Utah, who wasn't great that year, played Colorado State, who had a really good year and had a great quarterback that played in the NFL for a while and a wide receiver who I believe is still in the league. And Utah ran him off the field. And Utah ran him off the field. Yeah. Of course, I also remember going to a – of course, that was, there's was a while ago when Boise State crushed the Utes in the same Vegas Bowl. Yeah, but that Utah was, was in the Mountain that West. West before. Utah. Yeah. No, but, it's true, but I'm telling you right now. Yeah, hands, Boise State beat Arizona in a Fiesta Bowl, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, that's you, true. You know this. The coaches down there in Provo, they think they the talent they have is better than what anybody else thinks. So oh, for sure. Yock, Yock tweeted out the three deep 
or the two slash three deep roster because the way they did it. And if you look, there are a ton of red shirt sophomores, guys in their third year in the program. And like I just brought up with Nakua, is he finally ready not just to make some plays, but make plays on a regular basis all the time? Well, ask that about all those third year guys. Look at that. I mean, there's probably they've probably been red shirted. They probably red shirted seventy percent of the guys now who are top two or three at their positions. They've been priming for a year like this. They're in the fourth year. They got a lot of their own guys now, and there's got to be if they've gotten the right guys, there ought to be a payday coming up here at some point. But just one point about what uh, the Power Five versus Group of Five. BYU is five and thirteen against the Power Five in the independent era. That's not good. Five and thirteen, but. It's 0-8 against Utah. It's 5-5 five and five against everybody else. They've beaten Georgia Tech twice. They've beaten Arizona twice. They've split with Wisconsin. But looking at the individual athletes involved in the program, when Jake and I were watching the game yesterday, and Hans, I'm sure you saw this as well, and everybody did, there were times when Matt Bushman looked like a man playing against just youngsters out there. I mean, it, so BYU has some playmakers that might, like alluding to what you talked about earlier, that might be able to go off in a game like this and give BYU a chance. Well, when I was talking pros, potential pros and underclassmen down the line, if Bushman can block, if he gets that up to speed, the NFL is going to be interested in him. You look at his size, you look at his ability to go down the field, he's going to get a look. Now, he's got to be able to run block. I mean, in the NFL, you know, you better be really awesome. If you can't do that, you better be spectacular. All right, he is David James, Scott Gerard, Tony Parks, Hans Olsen, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott with you. It's our college football roundtable, and we, were, we are live from Marley's Gourmet Sliders right here in Linden, 555 South Geneva Road, right off of I-15 in the Timpanogos Harley-Davidson building. And our good friend Sam joins us once again from Marley's. And, uh, Sam, how, how quick did DJ devour that uh, plate of sliders over there? I think it took him like 30 seconds. At, uh, at the it's most, impressive, right? impressive, huh? Oh, they're great. That yeah. dude can eat faster than any person <laughs> I've ever met in my entire Let's life. Let's see how many we can get him to, to eat today. See if he can beat that record of 18. All right, he's not on the headset right now. Do we over under? Is that on the record? Many? He's 18? right here. Yeah, I think so. Can you get 18 like sliders? You think he can get it down, DJ? <laughs> so do you give them like a time limit or is there is there like an actual challenge here? I think if just... you can sit down and stomach it without throwing up, I think you win. I mean, 18. 18, that's, that's, a, that's lot. a lot that's of food. Lot. Hey, Hans, could you handle 18? I don't know if Hans is still back there or not. <laughs> oh, he stepped out. I, Hans might give I that might, a... He might give that a run for yeah. its money. You know who would not is Christian Cox. Play the pig man <laughs> yeah, we should play the pig yeah, man Yeah, Christian Cox would be a no one. Hey, it would be an absolute no. Uh, but our zone listeners are getting free shoestring fries today, too. Yeah, they are seriously the best thing in the whole wide world. It will change your life. They are that good. Now, I'm asking this for, for Scotty because you've got the, the red uh, Cookie Monster Shake versus the blue Cookie Monster Shake. Mm-hmm. Where's, where's the Aggie do we blue? Have a ro- uh, you, yeah, do you have like a more of a navy blue? A navy blue for our Aggie yeah. friends. They're just not playing this week. They're not. Yeah. They're, they're not in the big rival game. So okay. you know, it's all right. Well, it's maybe right come uh, Utah State BYU week, maybe a, a Royal versus Navy kind yeah, of yeah. blue thing going on there. Yeah, well, we'll do something like. That. <laughs> uh, but get down here and see us. And uh, seriously, Sam, we can't thank you enough for uh, hosting this. Um, I don't know what battle royale or whatever we want to call it. <laughs> we appreciate happy it. To have you guys. So. All right, you're the best. Hey, come and see us down here at Marley's Gourmet Sliders, 555 South Geneva Road, right here in Linden in the Timpanogos Harley Davidson building. Coming up right around the corner, we'll step away from the rivalry game and we'll address expectations. Lofty, we'll talk improvement. We'll also get to Scotty's Aggies as well. Stay tuned. It is the big show, 97.5 and 1280 the zone. 
The 2019 season begins this week, and what better way to kick off the season than the Holy War? Listen all week as the Zone Sports Network gets you ready for another chapter of the BYU-Utah rivalry. Then, on game day, legendary. catch the Holy War pregame show beginning Thursday at 6 at JCW's in Provo. They gonna talk about me. Your home for the best Holy War coverage in Utah is right here. Legendary. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. BYU, Utah. Another chapter in the Holy War is about to be written. And the Zone Sports Network has the game covered from every angle. Right now, it is my pleasure to introduce... This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Enjoy it. Uh, it's competitive. It's it's uh, intense. Um, you know, when you're not in the same conference, it takes a different... It's a, there's a different feel to it, but uh, it's still, you know, it's still every bit as, as uh, gratifying. The noise should work in our favor. Once you get on the field, we've been able to communicate with loud music and, and then do it with, with ways that coaches don't have, to, that don't have to be heard. So Thursday night, it's going to be up on the players. You know, coaches aren't going to be there to save them. And luckily in practices, we've been in that position where we let the players do their thing and be out in a position and, and put them in, in uncomfortable spots. It's your college football roundtable on the big show, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott alongside Tony Park, Scott Gerard, David James, Hans Olsen. We're getting you ready for the college football season with the roundtable, as we always do. PK will be along for the ride coming up at the 5 o'clock hour. John Beck joins us at the top of the 5 o'clock hour. Austin will chime in as well. We are live from Marley's Gourmet Sliders. Get down here and see us. 555 South Geneva Road in Linden in the Timpanogos Harley-Davidson building. Mention the zone. You'll get free fries. We also have entered to win BYU-Utah tickets and tons of jazz gear so uh get by see us enjoy the great food and uh talk a little college football with us guys i want to talk overall expectations and how much of the hype for utah byu and utah state we're all buying and i want to start with david james on this because i happened to listen to a segment on monday where i talked about fajita tri-tips called this guy sucks Uh uh-huh which is uh, which is a great segment. I encourage everybody to listen. You like that? Eight fifty on Monday morning. Who had Every a bad Monday weekend? Morning. And I went Lee Corso because he picked Utes to the title game, not even to the playoff. They're taking down Clemson. Okay. Oh wait, rematch. Hello. <laughs> Let's Maybe go. Bama wants to be there this yeah. time. Yeah. So is the hype? Is, yeah. <laughs> is the hype ludicrous? Is Lee Corso? Um, uh, I just High think, on I drugs? Think, What's I going think on? that the public, the it's average person in the public. there. The average, is. <laughs> is. <laughs> the average person in the public, I think, underestimates the desire of some people to make outrageous predictions to get their name out there. And I don't know. It just, it's just sometimes people, there are plenty of people right now whose expectation for the Utes is that they're going to go to the Alamo Bowl or the Holiday Bowl. Yeah. I mean, I just saw a thing on Twitter a week ago, and there was like a, uh, eight different publications, ESPN.com and SI.com, and on down the list. And they were like, there were eight of them, and two of them had them in the Rose Bowl. 
And I think two of them had Holiday and four had Alamo. And I figure at Alamo, they're probably thinking, oh, you're in the Pac-12 title game and you lost it, and you're 10-3, and three, which is not a terrible year. You're 10-2 and two and you lose the Pac-12 title game and you go to the Alamo Bowl. So I don't think everybody's expectations are way out there. But right now, with the question marks that you ha- have to make them one of the top two teams in the country, that seems way high to me. Well, let's be honest, too. I mean, like, you know, we make predictions, and, and you, you say, okay, you know Alabama and Clemson's going to be there. You know you'll have, you know, Oklahoma, Ohio State, and it's somebody. it's boring if everybody Georgia, on game day but, picks Alabama Exactly. <laughs> but if you find somebody else to put out there and you hit on it, then you go talk about how great you are for a year, you know. Yep. So, and if not, then you it know, probably gets forgotten anyway, exactly. except by us. Yeah, oh, but maybe he really thinks the Utes are that good. Sure. Do you? No. Jake, not, not, not that Does good. anybody you know? I, 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 Jake <laughs> thinks he's shooting up heroin, but, you know. Well, whatever. Nice. well you know that, or he could be sniffing glue. I don't know, right, sure. you know, yeah. how it goes. It's Lee Corso. I don't know do about guys, his personal life. You guys get a sense from the Utes? Uh, I, I, okay, let me back up. I remember talking to Morgan Scally before the 4 season, and I could tell he thought they were going to win every game. Now, yeah. I never said that, and they focused on one game at a time, the old yeah, cliche. A, a couple and they players did, did and they, say it. And they, they, were, they were dialed in. And do you get that sense from these guys this year? Yeah, Kyle just made a comparison at his press conference Monday about the fact that the experience, the leadership, he says this is the best group we've had in terms of numbers, depth, and talent. He says it reminds me of 08. Well, what was 08? Yeah. It was undefeated Sugar Bowl. It's lesser but, competition. Yeah, but. Sure, but when they played a nine-win Oregon State team, they won. When they played a ranked TCU team, they won. And when they played Bama, they won. So week in and week out, they didn't, you know, now they're going to face more good teams. But they are missing two of the five Pac-12 teams that's that true. are in the preseason rankings. Yeah. You know, so. Well, the comparable thing here is what? Ten and two, maybe the conference championship, and then New Year's Six. I mean, the, the real comparable, uh, the comparable thing here is to go to the New Year's Six, which the, the. The path does not have to be the same that it was in 08. No, 08, you had to go undefeated. Well, it's a different path. End of story. Right. right. So path. there's the thing is, is, like, for him to go undefeated, I don't expect that. But when he says that it is reminiscent to that, I think it is. I think it totally is. Leadership, all of those things. Here's the other thing I'll say. When you talk about hype and you talk about a Kyle Whittingham team, I can very rarely think of a time where his team was hyped, built up, expected to do something big, and they just completely took a nosedive. Well, I don't know. Oh, flat out. TCU. Uh, 2011. Okay. Yeah. 2010. Or was it 10? 2010. From, 10, when yeah. TCU from the 10. beginning, from the beginning, they were expected to be a really good team that would contend. They won 10 games. I understand, but it wasn't that, that special season. Then they got blown out in a bowl game. Right, but nobody said BCS. This is. Yeah, the well, year. everybody said BCS in before 2010? that year. In 2010? Oh, yeah. Oh, no. No, I sat, we sat, at, I remember we were ARUP oh. with Locke, oh, and wow. we're r- rolling through that schedule because they knew, did they play Pitt out of the gate? Yeah, yeah. they did. They're like, if they beat Pitt, they oh, yeah. will be undefeated. Going the whole rest of the way with, with two big games against TCU and Utah. Or TCU and, and BYU. BYU. Yeah. And, yep. that, and it was – and I mean, we all assumed if they beat Pitt that they'd be a top five team, yeah. which they ended up being. Yeah, they ended up being that. I know. But then and they so get – and then they lose to TCU. Yeah. They get blown out at Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. They get blown out in a bowl game. That was not the season that people expected yeah, them to happen. But they year. still had a very good – I didn't think 10-3 and three was a disappointment there. It was, the way they, what was the way disappointing they was, it was the way they played sure. three, yeah. of the, three of the last four. Yeah. Yeah. I do think – that this year, the, the sensible prediction for the Utes, which doesn't work for game day, I get that, but 
they're going to be in the Pac-12 title game. They should be sitting on nine or ten wins in the Pac-12 title game. We don't know who they're going to play. We don't know who's going to be healthy. Last year, the Utes were down to a backup running back and quarterback. We don't know that. So we've got to evaluate that when we get there. But they ought to be a nine or ten win team. Maybe better than that, but I'm not going out on that. What I wish for for them and for the Utah fan base is – going to the Rose Bowl because that is and I'm biased I mean I lived in Pasadena for a long time uh, it is such a tremendous thing to be involved in and that if the Utes could do that then uh, there'd be a whole lot of celebrating around here but my question for you guys is do you buy into this whole thing about it being different being the hunted rather than the hunter well let's let's start with Hans on on this one and give Hans a chance to to weigh in on that well never mind Hans is not, <laughs> not with us so never mind I, DJ carry on that was awesome, by the way. Um, what was the question? Your Hunter Honor? or hunted? Oh, I think this is harder to be the hunted. I think Dave Kyle's got the whole no one believes in this thing down cold. We all know he can play that card. We all know that he, they will respond. So it has to be harder to do this. Maybe they'll handle it. We just haven't seen them in a role like this with a schedule like this. You know, I, I think the reason I look at them at ten and two is they've lost. They've got they, they've beaten Washington one time uh, in the Chris Peterson era. They have not beaten Washington State in six years. They're 0-4. They didn't play a couple times. I think best-case scenario, they split those two games. Yeah. I have a hard time believing that yeah. when they're 1-7 and seven or 1-8 mm-hmm. and eight or whatever they are, that they're going to sweep two. And I think out of USC, Cal, and ASU, they probably have a bad week and lose to one of those teams. Mm-hmm. The and big, that's how I'm at 10-2. The interesting one's the USC game because that's the first – actual travel game you have a game in state with BYU you against the first three opponents it's possible you could have some issues up front and you're just better than the guy in front of you so you're able to get by with that on the offensive line and then on a short week in Southern California that D-line could you know if you're not really polished and completely ready to go for that I actually there's a part of me that thinks Cal's going to be harder I agree. Yeah, I, I do yes. too. Cal's defense defense was so good last year and the Utah offense with question marks you know, they had those four 40-point games, but they didn't do it against the defensive quality of Cal. And when you run up against the best, how do you handle it? You know, they'll have several tests between now and then, so we'll have a better idea when it gets there. But it, it's, it's kind of, to me, Cal and Wazoo, I think, are probably the two games I'd circle. That's, that's one thing PK said, you know, in, when this team transitioned into the Pac-12. He's like, every year you can always count on some team in the Pac-12, Pac-10 at the time, now Pac-12, that was expected to be bad, that ends up being Dangerous, maybe not great, but but a pain in everybody's butt, <laughs> and then a team that is expected to be good that does not live up to expectations. Which that team uh, who bit people in the butt was Utah a couple of years. Exactly, and and Cal could you know Wazoo was that team a couple of years yeah. ago that ended up being good. So you know it, and then it, you know are you worried about Utah being that team that's expected to do well that doesn't live up to expectations? And one thing we haven't really talked about, nobody does like to talk about it, is the impact of injuries. The Utes are are deep, uh, deep relative to what they've been in the past, perhaps, but we don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. Any team can be leveled if you have multiple injuries at the same position. Yeah. Then you're, So at that point, you just got to play, and you hope that doesn't happen to your team, but if it does, well, welcome to football. It's a violent game. All right, we'll get to the Cougs and the Aggies coming up right around the corner. We're live from Marley's Gourmet Sliders here in Linden, 555 South Geneva Road in the Timpanogos Harley-Davidson building. We're bringing out our good friend Sam from Marley's. But, DJ, put on that headset for a second. I want to talk to you. Give us, uh, give us uh, and Sam a little bit of a review of your uh, meal when you came down here today. First off, 
<laughs> Everyone knows I'm tight with a buck. Does anyone want to dispute that? No, not at all. You're a cheap guy. I don't know who the woman is at the counter. I don't usually tip at counters. I tip fine if they can wait on the table and all that. But I asked her, what's the best slider here? Because I think two's a meal. I don't know how why you guys are talking about 18. <laughs> They'd be dead around 10, I'm sure. And I said, it looks like the fajita and the pastrami are pretty good. The tri-tip on the fajita caught my eye. Mm-hmm. She went, honestly, those are, because there was another one I was going to go to. And she goes, those are my two favorites. I ordered them. She's money. Oh, yeah. Money. And Where's I, the tip? I actually tipped. I did. I did. I tipped. I'm shocked. <laughs> I am too, a yeah, little bit. I'm Honestly, I know shocked. me. You gave yeah. her a quarter? Do you believe nope. in miracles? Yeah. <laughs> 15% there, Al Michaels. Back yeah. off. Uh, so uh, that tri-tip fajita is really good, and I've had the pastrami, and it's good. And I wish you did the all-day breakfast because I wouldn't have had a slider if you did. Oh. But you, you, you stopped breakfast at 11, so I went to the sliders. I'll see if we can bring something up like that. Well, all-day breakfast sounds oh, good. Wow. Uh, but, but you guys are all about the flavors. You have great flavor combinations oh, yeah. and unique sliders, and that's what you guys are all yeah, about. We're just not any kind of sliders. We're gourmet sliders. That's what we have all the nice flavors. You got the grilled onions on all of our burgers. You know, it's just good stuff. I what love the grilled you, onions. I love yes. those grilled onions. They were 100%. solid. What do you guys think of the fries, though? Fries are dangerous, man. Because, you know. Scotty, like, you and I did the show. We did. We, we spent about an hour on the fries. <laughs> <laughs> they were incredible. I mean, like, you don't want, like, I'm not a huge fan of the big old steak fry. Like, uh-huh. you know, I want a nice, crisp fry that you don't feel like you're chewing on for, you know, the next 20 minutes. Like, it's a perfect fry. The perfect fry is right here. I guarantee it. Hands down. Sorry. I didn't Hands mean to down. cut into your Best time. fry ever. Go ahead. Well, and you, you, I, I you love, get them free I love if you mention the zones. Yeah, yeah. You come on down today. Yeah. Mention the zone. Free fries. Well, also don't forget about the blue and or red Cookie Monster Shakes. Support your team during Rivalry Week and uh, simply come by and see us. We have uh, Utah BYU tickets to give away, jazz gear, and uh, you can meet the world-famous Tony Parks. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah. I mean, that's the biggest <laughs> draw there is. I would have tipped her 20% had she told me about the free fries if I mentioned the zone. <laughs> <laughs> well, Sam, thank you so much, man. Hey, thanks for coming out. All right, we'll have more of the roundtable. Coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Three, two, one. This is Tony Parks and Austin Horton. I like people spouting off like Max Hall. I like even the weird comment from Austin Collie. <laughs> that I like Lenny Gomes's comment. That's the stuff of the rivalry. Oh, yeah. We need that stuff. Mm-hmm. I think this rivalry's still great. It's different. It doesn't have some of that WWE buildup. Yes. Right? That's a great way Ooh, to Oh, yeah. You come down to Provo. You're going to find, brother. Woo! Like be Kalani. the man. You've got to be the man. Woo! Yeah, like something like that. Yeah, a little more. Yes, please. Yeah, a little more of that. Yeah. Tony Parks and Austin Horton. Weekdays from 10 to noon on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. I'm here to introduce the best coverage of the teams you're passionate about from the guys you know and trust. Go Tony Turn it up. You're listening to The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding members forward for over 80 years. Yeah, yeah. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Show 97.5, 1280 The Zone. It's your college football roundtable live from Marley's Gourmet Sliders here in Linden. 
in the Tippinogas Harley-Davidson building. Want to remind you, listen, coming up tomorrow for Win Ticket Wednesday, your chance to win tickets to go see Blink-182. He's hitting the road this summer with Lil Wayne, celebrating the 20th anniversary of their hit album, Enema of the State. Check him out live with special guests, Neck Deep Monday. That's coming September 2nd at USANA Amphitheater. Tickets on sale now. Purchase your tickets at LiveNation.com or simply be listening tomorrow for your chance to win on a win ticket Wednesday. So, Jake, if that, you said Enema, Enema of the State. Enema of yeah, the State. So is this, that was a great album. Is, it was a great is album. Is this show then a football enema? I, I suppose you could describe it Very that way. Very cleansing. I, I don't know if I would, but I, I suppose you can. That's right. Gordon Monson, of course, Jake Scott, Tony Parks, Scott Gerard, David James. Uh, PK will be along for the ride in the 5 o'clock hour. Austin will weigh in in the 5 o'clock hour as well. But, guys, uh, we have just a few minutes to hit on this, and I want to get expectations for BYU and Utah State. Uh, and so let's go down the way and hit expect, expectations for both teams. But I want to start with Scotty because you are the voice of the Aggies. Games you'll be uh, able to hear all year long right here on the Zone Radio Network. And I do want to get some Aggie insight from you on what's fair uh, to expect from Gary Anderson in his first year. Talking about win-loss totals? or A win-loss or improvement or think, regression think, or however you want to take it. I think offense takes a step back, but still a team that averages well over you know, 32, 33 points a game. They're not going to average 48 like they did last year. That might be a bit excessive. Uh, I think defense will actually be better this year. People forget how banged up they were at the end of last year. They were really patchworking that defense late in the year, and they probably beat Boise if they uh, if they actually have anybody left on the defensive side of the ball. So uh, I think they'll be they may take a step back offensively. I think you're probably looking in that eight nine win range. DJ uh-huh. and I were just talking about it. I don't think they're dropping to six six or seven wins. Schedules way way harder than it was last year. Uh, and so this team might be equal to what they were last year, but not the same in terms of wins just because of the schedule they're playing. I, th- I, I thought in the four-year cycle that was their easiest year last year. And they far. cashed in on it going 11-2. This year I think is easily their hardest year. The Fresno and San nine. Diego State come back on. Yep. Uh, on Nevada comes back on. On the road. Nevada, right. It, probably one, two, three in the other division. Yeah. And, and, and two of them on the road. And by the way, on the flip side, for all you uh, for all you degenerates out there, look at Boise State as a New Year's Six team because if they beat Florida State, there's a good chance that team goes 12-0 because mm-hmm. oh, it wow. opens wide open for yeah, them. Yeah, but do they, they have that Fresno s- for 13? Well, okay. Well, that's the thing. They won't see Fresno until a, a conference championship game. Yeah. So that's the thing. They, they, they've got essentially the same schedule Utah State had last year. And they could have them at home if that yeah. ends up happening, right? Exactly. So, yeah, I, yeah. I, I like your, your pick there with Boise State for a New Year's sixth right. I have Tipa Naliai as a top five player this year in the state. I had him in the top five of my 60 and 60. I'm really, really big on uh, a lot of the things that he'll do that don't st- uh, show up on a stat sheet, the yeah. disruptive force, the, the variety of ways that I think Gary can and will use him. I mean, whether he ends up living up to that, uh, what are your thoughts about just how good he can be? Tipa will lead the state in sacks this year. Gordon, I'm with you. Watch for Jordan Love. I mean, he is a big league talent. And he's got to have that new offensive line in front of him. they got to protect him. Can they do that? Does he have targets, Scotty? They have guys who can make plays on the outside. Uh, Caleb Rep and CLC Mariner are going to be really critical. The Utah transfers are going to be really important to him this year. Yeah, we'll see. All right. Uh, thank you, gentlemen, uh, for joining us. It's the College Football Roundtable live from Marley's Gourmet Sliders. Joining us now, he is our friend Kent from Technoglass. And, Kent, I did notice, you talked about this last time, I did notice a lot of debris out there on the highway driving down here to Linden. And that just means rock chips, man. 
You bet. Uh, a lot of debris, a lot of traffic, and uh, we've got an amazing deal for your zone listeners this afternoon. Uh, if you're driving home at 5 and you have a cracked windshield, then Tetna Glass has an amazing deal for you. Uh, this deal's good until 7 o'clock, and it doesn't get any better than this. $99 windshield, you heard it right, $75 labor install, over 85% of the vehicles qualifying. Guys, uh, this deal's available at all 25 Tetna Glass locations, doesn't matter. If you're up uh, in Logan all the way down to St. George to Willow out to Vernal, uh, if you call in uh, before 7 o'clock, you get that $99 windshield. Now, guys, they don't have to get it done tonight. All they have to do is call before 7 o'clock. Here's the number, 801-562-2200. They can call and schedule at their convenience. We got operators standing by. $99 windshield. You heard it right. Call right now, 801-562-2200. That's 801-562-2200. Back to you guys. You're making me hungry. Hey, thanks, Ken. Sorry about that, but Marley's is delicious. Uh, you heard, uh, Kent, what a deal. $99 wind, uh, uh, windshield plus install, uh, 75 bucks. you got to get on the schedule tonight before 7, 801-562-2200. That's 801-562-2200. The roundtable continues on with John Beck coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. The 2019 season begins this week, and what better way to kick off the season than the Holy War? Listen all week as the Zone Sports Network gets you ready for another chapter of the BYU-Utah rivalry. Then, on game day, catch the Holy War pregame show beginning Thursday at 6 at JCW's in Provo. They gonna talk about me. Your home for the best Holy War coverage in Utah is right here. Legendary. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network.